You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about the importance of systems in your business. And I'm super excited to have an amazing guest with me, Scott Beebe. Let me tell you about him. He is the founder and head coach of MyBusinessOnPurpose.com and the host of the Business on Purpose podcast. He liberates small business owners from the chaos of working in their business and helps to get their lives back by articulating and implementing intentional vision, mission, values, systems, and processes. He created four steps to business freedom, exclusively built for small business owners, so they build systems to get their business and lives on track. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Nancy, it's going to be hard for me to stay on track because you use the word system, and if there is one word that lights me up and just gets me all cranked up and ready to go, it's the word system. I kind of lose my, my, my heading. I get so excited about the word. So I'm ready to just follow your lead, especially when we get to discuss systems and processes within the context of small business. Awesome, because I love that too. I get all geeked out on the word system, helping people <laughs> put more ease in the day. So this will be amazing. So let's kick it off, Scott. You and I both share a passion for helping business owners put more systems into their company. So in your opinion, what is the first system somebody should put in place? Oh, wow. Okay, so this is an easy one for me. And it's tough, Nancy, because you know better than anybody that businesses are made up of a small set of systems, but literally hundreds and potentially thousands of processes. But the first place we start every single time without question doesn't matter the scenario, is always outlining and articulating a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. Now, in short, we call that a vision story. And we intentionally, Nancy, do not call that a vision statement. And the reason is, is because there seems to be a bit of confusion around the difference between a vision, a mission, and values, and particularly vision and mission. And so what will happen is we've actually put a tag on it to say we call it a vision story, and the difference between a vision story and a vision statement is a vision statement is kind of a, think of it like a paragraph on a plaque uh, on a wall when you walk into a business. You know, something that says, uh, we want to be the world's best whatever so that we can whatever to whomever by whenever. And, you know, it's kind of nice and just sweet, I guess. But it's not very powerful. And so what we do is we really try to lock a small business owner in the mindset of, Let's create a detailed snapshot of the future of your business around specific categories, financials, products and services, client type, personnel type, etc. And when we can get a small business owner to begin to articulate and envision the details down on a sheet of paper, and a lot of times it will take two, three, four, five pages to get that level of detail out, my goodness, Nancy, they begin to stand back from that sheet of paper 
Michael Gerber says, if you don't write it down, you don't own it. So they all, all of a sudden start to kind of own it. And inevitably, I don't know if it's a subconscious or not, but inevitably they begin to kind of trek towards that vision. So that's where we start every single time, and it is very much a process. Very cool. And then I teach five systems. I say every business needs sales, marketing, team, money, and operations. Once they have that you know, one sheet of paper and they can kind of say, oh, this is so simple, I get it now, where do you start systemizing them? Yes, so uh, let's take you and let's, let's work from, let's call what you laid out as kind of a simple org chart. So imagine those five systems were on a sheet of paper. Then what we'll do is we'll actually, now in order of our process, we'll actually go from vision to delegation. And we like to get some quick wins for the small business owners. So we'll actually have them create a delegation roadmap where we take everything that's in their head that has to be done for their business and get them to write it out on a sheet of paper. So for instance, bookkeeping, taking out the trash, payables, receivables, you know, et cetera, those sorts of things. We'll get them to line that out. Many times business owners will come up with 50, 60, 70 of those types of items out on a sheet or two of paper. And then we'll methodically walk through the process of articulating, does that task give them energy or suck them dry? How much time does that task take? Can that task be delegated? Uh, and based on the time, how much is it actually costing? So I'll give you an example. at a landscape architect, uh, a design-build firm, um, and went through this process, wrote down the delegation roadmap, realized that in tracking payables, just in tracking payables, Nancy, he was spending at his billable rate per hour based on his role as a business owner, he was costing the business $16,000 a month on the time that he was spending just to review payables that were going out. You know, landscape design build firm, a lot of payables, so he was tracking all this stuff. And so by getting that off of his plate quickly, we were able to take that down to about an $800 a month expenditure. I call it an investment. And it freed up all that time for him so he didn't have to track all that stuff. So that's where we start. And then we'll dive into the systems. And once we do that, we'll actually start uh, creating defined, articulated role for each one of those systems. So if you take one of your systems, uh, the money system, for instance, we'll then create the director of money <laughs> in your scenario. And so we'll spell out that role, the director of money, in every segment that goes into that role, whether it's, again, payables, receivables, uh, taxes, whatever that might look like. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, I have something on my website, the, the, the two-page list of the 100 systems you must have in your business, and it's exactly what you just said, payables and bookkeeping and taxes and stuff. So, yep, totally makes sense. That's sure. really cool. Well, you stole one of my questions, which is cool, because I was going to say people need to learn how to delegate and how do you do that? So, perfect answer. Like, you must have read my notes ahead of time. There's kind of a part two to it, Nancy, because just getting it down on a sheet of paper is great. It's awesome. Um, we can, you know, celebrate and high-five and all that kind of stuff. But when it's on a sheet of paper, things that are written on a sheet of paper have a tendency to just stay there. I know there's uh, some law of physics that has to do with that. And they need to be moved. They need to be implemented somehow. And so then the question becomes, and again, this is all foundational, even before we get to the job roles and the outlay of the org chart, et cetera. And what we like to do is to install a good old-fashioned agenda-driven, leader-led team meeting and a structure of team meetings and what that looks like so that there is a weekly touch point for all 
uh, team members to have a place where they can go to so that when they've got those items on the delegation roadmap, it's not good enough just to get them there, but we need a place, we need a rallying point for the owner of that task to be able to come in contact with a potential delegatee for the task so that they can have time not only to communicate what needs to be delegated, but also to communicate the trainable and accountable process. And that's where we start to really dive into process to look back at this and go, okay, this task, let's just take the task of receivables because that's easy and it's usually done on a computer. This task needs to be delegated. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip on a screen share uh, program like a screen flow or a screencast-o-matic or whatever, and I'm going to, the next time I do receivables, I'm going to record what I'm doing. And then when I go into my team meeting, I'm going to say, hey, I've been doing receivables. It's costing our business too much money for me to do receivables because I'm the business owner and my, my rate is too high. So I want to delegate this to you in a more appropriate role. And instead of being freaked out about what I'm about to delegate, what, I'm, what I've already done is recorded the process. And now I'm going to take some time to train you on the process. And then next week at our team meeting, I'm going to follow up in the accountability uh, so that we can lay that out. That's awesome. So it sounds like we approach it a little bit similar and a little bit different. I have people come up with their magic number, which is basically their hourly rate. It just sounds more mm-hmm. fun as the magic number. So if someone's <laughs> making a million, a million dollars, their number is 500 roughly. If someone's making six figures, 100K, it's about 50. And they should be delegating everything less than their magic number and only working on things at their number and higher. So I s- suspect you've got some sort of similar system. We do. I'm so curious now, Nancy. You've got me uh, in curiosity mode. In the billable rate for business owners, what do you typically tell the business owners that their time is worth? So I tell them, what would you like to make? Whether you're there or not, what would you like to make? So let's just, 100000 is easy because it's, it's a small number, but the math is easy. And if someone uh-huh. is new and they're just trying to cross that six-figure I'm like, okay, let's just figure everything that's $50 and higher you do is 50 and lower you outsource. And this includes personal things like doing your laundry, cooking your meals, doing errands, all that should fall into somebody else. For the larger business owners, they kind of take their gross number for, let's say they're up to half a million. Well, then their number is 250. So it's mm-hmm. just kind of an incremental number. They don't have to be there yet, but it's like where would they like to be because we're always moving toward what we want. Wow, I love it. Yeah, real simple, right? Yes. So let's do this because I think this is a new, this is a new strategy that business owners can start to do. They can take your formula, and then I'm going to give a, a a formula looking at it from a different perspective, and and we can cut, we can have the business owner start to come up with a really cool uh, payable rate. So let's take Nancy's formula of looking at what you would want to make, dividing that by your time work put in, etc. And then we're going to take another angle and look at what uh, most business owners are actually doing the selling in their business. And so they can look at their time as it relates to the generation of revenue. And so if you divide the generation of total revenues, for instance, we've got a client that does spray foam. And this year he will have sold in total revenue $1.6 million of the 3.5 that is his company. He will do just himself. And so you divide that out, and you actually get what his time is worth to the business, and you can run that ratio. So when when the small business owners – in fact, this is something I'm going to start using now that you've kind of put this out there. I'm going to look at it from two angles. 
One is the angle you've taken of what would you like to make from a, let's call it a classical salary standpoint, divide that out by the work performed, et cetera, in the time. And then looking at it from a second angle, and that is what you actually produce in revenue, and then dividing that out, uh, because a lot of times that will actually yield a very high uh, kind of an hourly rate. So many times a business owner using that perspective will be somewhere in a 200 to to $1,000 hourly rate. And then you take the other angle of a, a, a kind of a traditional salary perspective, and a lot of times it will come out to a little lower, but you can merge those two things together. And the real goal, Nancy, that I've found is not so much to land on a specific number, but to kind of be a gut punch for the business owner to help them realize, oh, my goodness, every minute I spend going to the bank or taking out the trash is an upside-down minute in my business. And that's the real goal. I love that. That's awesome. I was just working with a client yesterday. She sells insurance, and her question was, how do I get my team member to be motivated? And I said, well, mm. the bottom line was it wasn't about motivation. We left her with the idea of why doesn't she go out and do the selling because that's where she's making money and let that person do more of the behind-the-scenes office work. Like she just mm-hmm. funnels them to him, and he takes care of it. Because I said, so since he's been networking, how has your revenue been when you've got to go back to the office and do the back office stuff? And she goes, actually, it's dipped. I said, oh, mm. yep, yep. So you've got to be doing your superpower and let him do his superpower. It's not about motivation. It's about what should you be doing versus what can you do. Mm. Good, That's huh? good stuff. You know, I heard a phrase one time, Nancy. It said, stand up when you preach. I hope you're standing up when you're talking. That's good stuff. <laughs> it is good stuff. Hey, let me ask you this question about systems, because small businesses sometimes think systems and processes and procedures sound very industrial, like it's only for the big corporations. How do you explain to a, an everyday person that they need systems too? Wow. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of folks will kind of identify it, especially from a manufacturing background. They'll say, are you talking about like Lean Six Sigma you know, no, manufacturing I'm, just talking about, I'm just talking about, like, so my, my podcast, I have a system. When people book, they automatically get my calendar. They get this list of questions. They've got all this stuff because I put this routine together for it. We can call it a routine. But some people think, I don't really need routines. It's all in my head. I know how to do it. That, so not so much yeah. Six Sigma or manufacturing. Is that a little clearer? Yes. So there's a great story, Nancy, that's told in a fascinating and interesting book called The Checklist Manifesto. It's written by Atul Gawande, who is a Harvard-trained surgeon. And he's written a book to actually give the history of a checklist and to tell us where a checklist has come from. And what's really interesting is he tells a story in 1935, I believe it is, uh, at Wright Airfield in uh, Dayton, Ohio. There was a, there was a, um, I guess a bidding war going on between Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, and probably Lockheed or, or one of the others, uh, big airline manufacturing companies. And what had happened was Boeing at the time was coming out with the Boeing 299, which was the biggest aircraft ever to be manufactured in human history uh, up until that point, clearly. And Boeing had done such an impressive job of engineering and also laying the groundwork for the, for the, uh, for the military who was actually bidding out the project. Uh, and, and they had come to the table with this incredible aircraft, but it was the most complicated aircraft to ever be built um, to that point. Well, 
the military loved it. They were ready to sign the deal, but there was one condition. They just simply had to take the plane off and then come back and land the plane. That's all. And so the military provided, U.S. military provided their most decorated test pilot and a crew of, I think, three or four. And this plane was the first plane to have four engines, and so it required a lot more, um, a lot more monitoring in the cockpit uh, than any other plane up until that point. Well, the plane takes off. Again, most decorated pilot takes the plane off. 300 feet or so in the air, the plane crashes to the ground, kills everyone on board, including this decorated test pilot. Well, Boeing immediately goes into uh, study mode. In fact, it almost put them into bankruptcy. And what they ended up finding and generating out of that crash was what is still used today as one of the most novel pieces of technology in aviation around the world, and it's the simple pilot's checklist. And so if you think about that, and I lined up two pilots side by side, and I said, all right, Nancy, this pilot is a 35-year veteran, and she's been flying for her whole life, and she's going to be flying your plane today is one option, but she's not going to use a checklist before she flies. Or I've got another pilot. She's been flying for three years, um, has done a great job, and has got no history of anything negative. She will be using a pilot's checklist for your flight. You'll come back, and you would choose the pilot. I assume, Nancy, you would choose the pilot that's going to be using the checklist because flying a plane while, you could, while many pilots could do it in their sleep, all it takes is one error for the entire thing to mess up. And the same exact thing goes in your business. I realize that the bookkeeper you're hired, uh, that you've hired has done receivables in his sleep for six years. Still want the process because that one time where you miss that really important check that comes in that allows you to meet payroll, I want you to follow the process every single time. And by laying down a process, we lay down great boundaries, not to restrict us, but instead to get us, give us freedom. So I argue, and Nancy, I'm sure you probably do as well, that boundaries give freedom. And then within the boundaries, that's where we can be innovative. And so LeBron James is not restricted by the out-of-bounds lines on a basketball court. Instead, what he's, he's told is, hey, these are the lines that you can play within. Now, within those lines, go be free to innovate and be LeBron James. That's awesome. I have heard of that book. I haven't read the Checklist Manifesto, but – um, and I'm sure you know this, the checklist is the most basic system there is. And I think that's what you're saying, even if you didn't say those words. It is the simplest system that everybody can do. It's funny you said the story about the plane, because my husband and I were going to St. John, the island, and we needed to take this small plane from one airport to something else. And I was in the front seat. It was a really small plane, like <laughs> So I was in the front seat next to the pilot. And even after we took off, he kept looking at this laminated checklist, which actually made me a little nervous. Like, he checked it, <laughs> like, almost too much. <laughs> I could not wait to be out of that plane. But I don't mind when they check it before, but then they're in flight and over the ocean <laughs> just kept looking. <laughs> I think my husband could tell I was getting nervous. But that yeah. was cool. Yeah, wow. Yeah, business is just a series of simple, a series of systems is what I say all the time. It's just a bunch of systems, and when you learn the systems, you're successful in business. So very, very cool. Hey, tell us about your podcast. What is your format? How often does it come out? Like, do you take guests? Yeah, Nancy, so what we did when we started the Business on Purpose podcast, the original intention 
was to interview small business owners who were integrating their faith and their work. Uh, I had a keen interest in that. I was trying to figure out how to do that myself. And, and what we've done since is we've morphed it, and it is a flat-out coaching podcast. So when I get out of a client meeting, I flip on the button. It's not the most highly produced podcast you'll ever listen to. It is not the longest podcast you'll ever listen to. It's very short, usually anywhere between four and eight or nine minutes. And I flip on the mic, and I say, hey, it's Scott. Just got out of a client meeting, and I got this question. So, for instance, uh, we were meeting about customer experience today, and one of the business owners asked me this morning, who is my customer? And he runs a retail and contractor landscape supply company. Who is my customer? And it was a great question because I think we always think that the customer is, quote, the customer. But in reality, what we found right now in this evolutionary stage of his business, that his customer is actually his employee right now. And then once he gets that, quote, customer experience in order, then he'll move to the more classic customer. And so we handle those kind of real-life questions on the podcast. We send an episode out anywhere between three to five times a week. And, again, it's just short snippets, and it's a coaching podcast. So any small business owners, if they want raw coaching throughout the week with real-life questions from real-life small business owners who are in real-life chaos, uh, then that's a, a great little podcast to add to the armamentarium. That's really cool. That's awesome. So give the name of the show one more time so people can write it down. Yeah, it's the Business on Purpose podcast. And if you just go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash podcast, you can get it right there. Perfect. And before I ask you the fun question, can you share a little <laughs> bit about your amazing program, The Four Steps to Business Freedom? Absolutely. Yeah, it, this is so much fun, Nancy. The thing that drives us out of bed, I tell people Monday is my favorite day of the week, and I mean it. It really is. I'm getting so excited about Monday because it's the first day of the week we get to wake up and liberate small business owners from their chaos using the four steps of business freedom. So we walk small business owners through four major steps. The first step is what we call fast starts. That's where we articulate vision story, uh, where we fill out the delegation roadmap, set them up with five strategic bank accounts so we get into their finances. We set up their team meeting structure, help them build their first ever process or checklist, whatever you want to call it, and then we set up their weekly uh, schedule, their non-negotiable weekly schedule. So that gets them started. It kind of stabilizes the patient. Then we move into the second stage, and this is, Nancy, where you really thrive, and that's system stage. So we build out a set of unique core values, which will help guide their decision-making, but then set up that org chart where we line out the exact systems that exist in the business, uh, very similar to what you're laying out in your five systems, and then begin to build the the job roles that align with those systems and then build out a dashboard uh, that they can begin tracking the progress of their systems. And then the third step, that's where we get into the people and the passion. And we start to build out culture, a master process roadmap, that's where you talk about those 50 and 100 processes or systems that you mentioned. That's where we dig into that. And then the final stage is where we get into what we call our game-changing stage. We start to help uh, small business owners think through how to compensate employees on purpose, how to terminate on purpose, how to build a family vision on purpose, uh, and a variety of other things in there. So we walk through step-by-step. Step. It's very methodical, very processed. Uh, so that small business owners can kind of follow their own checklist as they're building their own checklist. Awesome. That is really, really cool. And when, if someone's interested in that, how do they enroll or where do they find that? Well, the, the best place to go, because we like to see action. We like to see implementation. So 
before anybody can even apply, uh, what we recommend them do is to go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision. And once they've articulated their vision, that kind of tells us, wow, they're serious. Because it takes a little while. It takes about 20 minutes to go through the tutorial. It takes about another hour or so to actually work on your vision story to get it to a place where you can start to kind of see the future a little bit. And once that's done, uh, then they have an opportunity to go to fourstepstobusinessfreedom.com and apply to see if they're a good fit for the program. And then we review that, go through that with them, and see if, in fact, they are. And then from there, we can move on uh, and to see if this would be a value for the business. That's so cool. That's amazing. Well, it's, uh, as you well know, Nancy, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot more satisfying than uh, taking a business owner. I got this phrase the other day. You, you can use this, too. This would be a great one to use. I had a business owner who sells firewood, a million and a half dollars of firewood every year. And she said, I feel like I'm throwing Hail Marys every day. And there is not a lot more satisfying than to take a business owner from throwing Hail Marys every day to I'm going to change sports on you, but to hitting base hits every day. That's all we want. We want, we go back to the football metaphor, we want three and four yards at a time. That's it. We're not interested in Hail Marys. And that's what processes and systems and visions help people do. That is so true. I love when people have this aha moment where you take all this chaos and you just say, just focus on this and this, and then we'll add more to your plate. So that is really cool. So, Scott, you ready for the fun question? Let's go. Okay, since you and I both give people time back in their day, here's the question. If you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours instead of 24, what would you do with the extra hour? The one thing that I would do is I would make an hour for my family. I'm not quite sure what we would do with that hour. It might even be, a, since we're processed people, I might even process that hour out. But it would include a little bit of intentional discussion, a little bit of game time, a little bit of exercise, and a little bit of vision review. We actually have a vision for our family, uh, along with a mission statement for our family. And so I would kind of pack all of that in there uh, into a little adventure, into a little creativity, and into a little time around the table, but all focused around my family. Oh, that's amazing. So is your vision for your family and your mission for your family secret, or is that something you're comfortable sharing? Because now I'm curious. Yeah, no, the vision's really long, so I can't do it from the top of my head, but I will absolutely share the, the, the mission. Our mission is to be a gospel-motivated light through adventure, creativity, and time around the table. So that's, that's our mission. And so we, re, uh, we try to get two to three. We've got 16, 14, and 12 right now, so it's tough to get a lot of time around the table, but we shoot for two to three nights of dinner together around the table, and then once every six weeks, uh, we, we play hooky from church, we go to Bojangles, get a really unhealthy breakfast, and we take our vision binder where we've actually got it printed, and we sit down over biscuits, and we review our family vision. Wow, that's so cool. So when I was growing up, we had to be home for dinner. There was no, you know, dinner was at 5.30, and you had to attend. That's that's how it was. And we could not take any phone calls. We couldn't have any friends over. And I know that's kind of old school because it was, what, 40, 40, 45 years ago. But um, I don't know how that would even be possible when things are going on in this world. Things are so busy. People have the electronics. So I think three is a really – that's actually kind of a stretch goal, huh? Yes. Three times it, a week. It, and, uh, you know, Nancy, when you say it out loud, you're like, God, that's kind of embarrassing. Only three times a week or seven days in a week. 
But I, I mean, the reality is, is we don't we don't live in the '80s. We don't live in the '70s. We don't live in the '90s. Um, my goodness, we don't even live in the 2000s. Um, the the everything, I mean, with, without risk of sounding cliche, everything is just different. And so I've got even, you know, even when we have discussions with our kids and, and even my clients about their digital technology, uh, we have times where I'll ask my clients to literally turn their phone off and just not bring it into the room. But also there are times that it's just not reality. And so we've got to adjust our reality around kind of what we're living in. And so that's why we shot for that goal of three. Because, you know, it, I'm afraid, Nancy, if we, if we shot for four or five, uh, definitely seven, and didn't hit it, I think we'd just get frustrated and go for nothing at all. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think that's a reasonable goal. Very, very cool. Scott, is there anything you want to add that I didn't even think to ask you, something we didn't cover? You know, Nancy, we're so relentless on liberating, liberating small business owners from chaos through the vision. I just keep going back to the vision. And I, I will add this, uh, not to make it too convoluted, but it ties right in. We do have a, a family vision course. It's, I wasn't even going to mention it until you brought up the family vision thing. But it's at createafamilyvision.com. If anybody's interested, you can go there just check it out, what we've got. But it actually walks families through step-by-step step in kind of a goofy, fun way of how to actually create a family vision, uh, a mission statement, and a set of unique core values just for your family. That's kind of cool. Wow, that's really neat. Yeah, unique. it's fun. I actually yeah. had a uh, caricature of myself made just so that we could make it kind of whimsical and fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so you do realize that you're going to have three teenagers shortly, right, in the house? Uh, in three weeks, we will have three teenagers. Are you worried about that? No, we're not. Um, I'll be honest with you. We're having the time of our like We're and, – and I'm, I'm not saying this to blow smoke. Like, if Ashley, my wife, was in here, she would be nodding her head. We are actively looking for time to, and, and excuses to spend more time with our kids. Like we, we really, last night, for instance, our kids came home uh, from the group they were at, and Ashley and I, we always have chair time, or we try to in the evenings on the back porch. We live in the low country of South Carolina, so we've got a beautiful backyard just about anywhere down here. And so we sit out there and we, we try to visit intentionally. And, but when they came home, both of our, it was our two oldest, 16 and 14, they walked down to the back porch. We didn't make them. We didn't ask them. They sat down, and we visited for like seven minutes. And you would have thought, Nancy, if you would have asked Ashley and I, we had, we had talked for six hours with them. I mean, we were just so excited, and, and we are constantly looking for excuses to spend more time with them. So we're really excited and optimistic, not in a, in a hocus-pocus kind of false, you know, joy kind of way, but, but honestly, like, we're really having fun with them. That's so cool. Well, good for you. Scott, this has been an amazing show. Thank you for taking time to share your knowledge. You provided lots of great information. Listeners, I just added some rapid results days on my calendar for Q1. This is where you and I work together in just one day to accelerate your business instead of coaching, which can span weeks or months. Go to nancygains.com slash rapid results to learn more. And if you love this show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so other people can find us. Until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. 
On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.